And welcome to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit, the podcast where we dissect who framed Roger Rabbit, one minute at a time, with special guest, Gamo Martinez. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit. I am Chris Blair, and I am here with my co-host, Annie McMullen. Hello, hello. We're already on the second episode. This podcast is going by so fast. Can you believe it? Oh I can't believe it. It feels like yesterday. Yes. You know, we <laughs> We are joined again by Guillermo Martinez, hey. the improviser, animator. And father of two. Oh, and father of two as yeah. well. At what age do you think you'll be okay with them seeing this movie? Oh, I think I'll be like around like maybe five. I think because when you think about it, there isn't I remember watching it around that same age and like there isn't like violent stuff like if there is violent stuff it's like cartoon violence where like there's a, like someone is shot but what who's shot is like a shadow. So there's, there's a lot of a lot of violence to it. So uh, maybe like around five. Will they be interested in it? I don't know. Because yeah. like we're now they're now seeing being exposed to Frozen. They're being exposed to Moana. There's are there are more beautiful, and then this one is just like you know, Very so gritty. gritty. Yeah, but we'll see. Like maybe one of them is like, "Daddy, I love this movie," and then that becomes the favorite daughter. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great litmus test. Yeah, no, it's, I actually saw this movie before I ever. I mean, of course, I saw this movie before I ever saw Chinatown or any sort of film noir. Yeah, and I hope you didn't see Chinatown in an earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then seeing film noir and going like, oh. Oh, that's what they were trying to do. Like, it just gave me a different appreciation for for the movie. Right. I I think same thing. Once I could kind of understand what was happening in the plot, I think that also gave me a a different understanding of the movie. Oh, of course. (laughs) We are here with minute two, beginning with uh, Miss Herman telling Roger exactly where she'll send him back to. I have so much to say about this. Yeah, it's it's so horrific. And it ends with Roger slipping on a rolling pin. (laughs) So we begin with Miss Herman telling Roger that she is going to send him back to the science lab. That's dark. Like, (laughs) yes. I, I mean, and I feel like it's lost maybe some of its like teeth. Because what we, we have to remember to put ourselves back in 1987 or 88 or whatever it was. And like animal testing was like a huge hot button issue, right? Like now it's like factory farms and stuff. And like animal testing is like a lot of places have stopped doing it to the same extent, but like the, 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 there was commercials, you know, it was like a big deal, the animal testing and them just like putting stuff in rabbits eyes all the time. And, you know, so it's, it's dark. And as bad as it was in the eighties, I can only imagine how terrible it was in 1947. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I'm wondering like, but do you think that like Roger was one that she rescued or one that did not work out and they just threw him in the ground and they were like, she was like, oh, no, I'll grab I, I think uh, I, going back to like the um, fan theory of ours that Mrs. Herman is just like kind of evil. I yeah. think maybe she took, uh, took baby Herman in for like some day tests, right? Like as like a side hustle, right? Like she took the baby in. And was like, here, I heard you wanted to t- test some baby wash. 
Uh, And then maybe Robert Roger like hitched a ride back with her or something. A hundred percent. So, so do you, I might be alone on this. Is do you guys get like a nurse ratchet vibe from Miss Herman? <laughs> oh, totally. Okay. Mm-hmm. Completely. Okay. Yeah, there is she is nothing if not malicious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she has they 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 give you that clue because her voice is really like like a crazy like person, yeah. just like somebody who's fully unhinged in cartoon land. Uh, with the like growly kind of gravelly vibe to it. Like they're definitely saying like this is this is an evil this is a woman to be feared oh yeah this is definitely and i'm pretty sure that she is a single mom uh, we see no sign of mr herman anywhere and in the other cartoons they're doing various activities like going to an amusement park and uh still no sign of uh, mr herman so i'm thinking she is responsible for both baby herman and roger all by herself yeah, I'm, I'm, I am curious what happened to Mr. I, I mean, do we know also that baby Herman is her actual baby? Well, well, yeah, I might I might be on board with the with the theory of baby Herman was also uh, one of the test subjects. <laughs> now, I think I mean, I mean, let's I mean, I'm interested. That should be like I, I never I always thought that there would never be a sequel to Who Ran From Roger Rabbit. I think we did find it. <laughs> And and can we may suggest that it's live action, hundred percent live action, and uh, Guillermo del Toro handles it. I think, oh, and we'll yeah. it'll cap- capture things. Perfection, perfection. Yeah. yeah can I snowball be... out of this from from what you just said? Yeah. It be so you know how like the I mean I'm spoiler alert to Roger Rabbit. <laughs> you know how the short ends and then Baby Herman and Roger do their thing. This, it, it basically t- it starts when we see uh, Miss Herman leave that stage. So instead of following Roger Rabbit or Eddie Valiant, we follow her to her life. And then this is when we know a little bit more about it. Like there's a mo- there's double, two investigations happening at the same time. What happened with Roger Rabbit and what, you know, happened to, you know, like, like the movie will be called, uh, what is Miss Herman running away from? <laughs> but it won't have a question mark. <laughs> Very into this. Yeah. I think Guillermo del Toro is just gonna like it's gonna hit a home run with this yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. And can you Visual imagine especially. Is, if you if you if you see the movie and then at the end it says based on the podcast? <laughs> how how old do you think uh you're gonna wait until you play this podcast for your kids? Yeah. Um probably. Probably, and don't take this the wrong way, probably in my deathbed. Because <laughs> I want them to know the side of me that maybe I won't show them. You know, like, uh, oh, I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> and actually, I'll probably, show it to, I'll probably show it to them like the first day it comes out. And they <laughs> won't understand it. But like, you know, I'll keep showing it to them until they understand what it is. They'll get it. They'll at least know that Touchstone is a horny studio. They'll at least have that down. Yeah. 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 They can pick that up on their own. They, 100%. Clear. Yeah. They'll, they'll yeah. <laughs> Roger starts actually naming all his uh, family members. Do you think these are actual members of his family or this was just written into the scripts of, uh, that they're doing right then? I recall that as a child, uh, that like bunnies being prolific procreators was like peak comedy. Like that was like the, like that was just like such a prevalent joke as if that's funny. I think it's really just because like they have to have a lot of babies because they all get eaten by hawks or something. But uh, yeah, 
you know, it's like, oh, they're like hump like rabbits or whatever. So I, I take it as like Roger clearly has this like exorbitantly massive family tree because he is a rabbit. I really hope to God that like that that's the reason why bunnies like give birth to so many bunnies. <laughs> like it made me think like it could be cool if there's an animated movie about a, 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 a family that just make, gives a lot of babies going like, oh, well, so just to be sure that no hawk comes and eats them and then a hawk doesn't come and eat any of them and they're like, oh God, oh, God. what are we going to do with so many babies now? <laughs> just trying to find a way to like attract hawks. Maybe yeah. This is the problem that Mrs. Herman is having, perhaps, is that we don't see the rest of the house. Maybe she has so many other babies. She's like, I got to get rid of baby Herman's style. Yeah, it's like, it's like, because that's the only reason she would allow a damn lab test, a lab rat, <laughs> rabbit, to take care of him. It's like, I'm going to go to the grocery. Bullshit. Like, sorry. <laughs> like, and she's like, yeah, take care of my baby on these very open kitchens. Like, you know, the like kitchen is like right there. There's no like little, little fence that protects. No, it's right there. It's just like, it's just, it was just, we're seeing a very devious woman do something. <laughs> For sure. And we will get more into this kitchen in the next minute too. But this kitchen is just a, a walking death trap. Yes, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Well, the next thing that happens though, is that uh, baby Herman tries to get out of his playpen mm -hmm. and his butt gets stuck. And, you know, I don't want to like, we're only two episodes in, I don't want to brand myself as the horniest person on the podcast, but <laughs> I have to say that baby Herman has like an absolute dump truck ass. And that is so weird, <laughs> right? Like, you yeah. know, we hear a lot about our moms, you know, like people are very into the fact that like the Pixar moms are, are they're all very thick, you know, they have, they yeah. have big, big booties, but I am here to say like, this movie is chock full of just big old butts. And it starts oh, yeah. here with baby Herman. Do you think how Jessica Rabbit gave uh, many women body issues that baby Herman is just giving babies all sorts of oh, body yeah. issues? You know, I, I thought about this. I was like, maybe I shouldn't say this because it's a baby, except that like we find out very quickly that it's it's not a baby, right? Like I, again, spoiler alert, everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, like saying that this baby has a really big butt is like saying Danny DeVito has a really big butt. You know, it's that same virus. Like, oh no, it's not a baby. It's like a, it's you know, like a tiny person. Yeah, like it's yeah, yeah. I believe the same. I I never thought about it that way, but I was like, oh, that's true. Like you know, like because his diaper is made of cloth. Yeah, it feels like that's a lot of cloth. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, the cloth is not. His diaper would just come come off. Um, you know, and then all you know, what. Yeah, I'll, I'll circle back to this later. Well, <laughs> I don't want to spoil the rest of the minute. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But just mark this, probably the first podcast to ever talk about baby Herman's butt and <laughs> the first podcast to ever talk about Danny DeVito's butt too. So uh, a yeah. <laughs> uh, lot of firsts. Um, so uh, by the way, baby Herman is also voiced by April Winchell. No, so, uh, but only only when it, in the shorts, yes, right? Yes, not yeah. not. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, not. <laughs> I was like, that is impressive range, Miss Winchell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To clarify, only the baby version uh, who uh, okay. says "cookie" is also her, which does make me wonder. I'm sure during this podcast we'll talk a lot about how these tunes work, the birth, the origins of them. But in this, is either is Baby Herman voicing? 
uh, his mother or possibly his mother voicing just the baby because we know the baby does not actually sound like that once once he's in uh, in real life. Yeah, I don't. That's a great question. I wonder. I think. I think Baby Herman is a great actor. I think. I think. I think. I think he's like. I can. I can transform. Like he's one of those actors that's like, you know, he might be hungover, like he has a hungover baby, and then like he's like in action, and he's like, ah, 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 and, he's just, <laughs> and you're like, oh, he's really good. So do you think he's very method, and that he like lived as a baby for a little bit just to get this really down? It can only it, it justifies his attitude. Mm-hmm. I think. I think he he knows he's good. He knows he's good. Yeah. He does. Yeah, he knows it for sure. Definitely yeah. a pro. Uh, so Baby Herman slingshots himself from the from his uh, playpen into the kitchen. A gag. Do you like animating gags, Guillermo? I love anim. Uh, yes, I do. One thing I don't like to do is animating checkered tiles. Like when he slits <laughs> on that checkered tile, as an animator, it didn't dawn on me. Like if you do it in three D, like it's like normal because like you know you already built it, but you have to draw every tile. And it's also reflective of Baby Herman. Reflective, reflective tile. That that floor shine is shiny. Like that, it's like an impossibly shiny floor. That is a very shiny, like even to the point, like I was like, wait a second. So are they animate? Are they also redrawing the reflection on the ground? Like I was just like, and I imagine that like the maybe Robert Zemeckis was the director was like maybe you know maybe we can tone it down and then Richard Williams who was the animator was like don't tell me what to do okay you know like he was like I'm gonna make this the shiniest coolest towels ever and then you have like these weird camera angles around the kitchen where like you know you're seeing the checkers like flying by to the camera I'm like oh my god like, it was just like blown away by it. something that people don't really think about it but like it's just like as an animator is like you can't help but think about it probably a dumb question but this this was all done by hand right like this is this a is hand all yeah done this by is hand. all hand yeah. yeah this is all done by hand i don't think there was a lot of 3d use in this movie like i i think there's like little to none i don't and it's so like which is impressive because like a lot of the stuff that is done is like you're like wow someone drew thousands of versions thousands of drawings of that thing you know and also from my understanding, something I read was that they did not use Xeroxing in this because it was too hard to get all the different layers lined up. Um, yeah. So they had to do it a really just all all um, by hand, which seems uh, yeah. very difficult. That's, very intense. That's very intense. <laughs> Roger keeps babbling on. His ears get all tangled up while he's talking about this. Uh, one thing I know Richard Williams said is that he always wanted his ears to be representative of how he was feeling at the time. So I guess um, maybe complicated. When you see Ro- Roger talking like that and his hands are like going all over the place and he's, you're like, this guy should not be taking care of a baby. <laughs> yeah. Like he is broken. Like that lab destroyed him and he's like, oh, oh yes, I'll, I'll take care of the baby. And, oh, no, 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 no. We should get like an actual responsible adult. <laughs> so do you think when the, Roger was created in this world, they were like, no, you know, we got to make his character seem kind of like he was worked on in a, in a lab for uh, many years. Yeah, I bet, I bet like they drew him and he was like, I mean, yeah, they animated him and he looked a lot normal. And then the, the director was like, he doesn't feel like he was in a lab with needles in his face. He must be broken. <laughs> I really hope it's all these stories I'm telling are true. Roger sees this, his eyes bug out of his head. 
very understandably because he is going to be sent back to some place to get tortured if this does not go well with baby Herman and a baby will be dead. Uh, so stakes very high. Very uh, high. Yeah. He sees baby Herman with super baby powers climbing up the drawers, knocking them right out, and just dangerous weapons spilling out of the drawers as he does so. Oh my God, like just so many knives. So many knives. And, like this house has a lot of cheese graters also. Like I feel <laughs> like I recently had to purchase a cheese grater because, and I, I cook, like I have all the tools and I didn't even have a cheese grater because I don't grate cheese. This house has like, I'm seeing two in one shot and I'm pretty sure there's more later. Uh, I don't know if that speaks to the kind of person Mrs. Herman is, but I think it does. Going back to me, going back to our favorite Mrs. Herman, do you think that this kitchen didn't have as many cheese graters before? And she's like buying them like the day before. It's like, all right. Just gonna go to the grocery store. Um, Baby Herman, don't go into the kitchen. There is almost nothing in this drawer that doesn't, like that wouldn't fit well in like you know when you see like a spy movie or a war movie and um they always have like the uh the evil interrogator who has like tools that they bring out yeah uh there's like nothing in this drawer that wouldn't fit in one of those kits right like <laughs> where an evil guy with like an eye patch and a large face scar walks in and smiles you know like there's okay. knives, there's a fork, there's two cheese graters, there's a rolling pin, there's a pe- a vegetable peeler. And I mean, yeah. you yeah. know, there's oh. a like a fluted cookie cutter. There's a, a, a serving fork, like, you know, the, the skewer to like pick up a big piece of roast beef or turkey, you know, like a carving, yeah. a carving fork. That's what it is. Like it's all torture devices in this oh. drawer. And, oh, actually, now that I think about this, now, oh my God, like my brain is like going nuts right now. The glossiness of the tile makes sense now. She waxed that floor because she knew that the distance between the crib to the kitchen <laughs> is really far away. Also, like, if the cops are going to come, they're going to be like, well, she put the, the crib in the kitchen, therefore, like, you know, that's kind of weird. But what she did is like she waxed all the, the floor that led all the way to the kitchen. She's like, that baby's going to pop out, slide to the kitchen, and then bye-bye responsibility. Like, I love that this, yeah. I'm sorry that this, like, podcast <laughs> is becoming much more darker than I think Chris expected. <laughs> well, we didn't realize how much this was going to be about Mrs. Herman, but I realized oh. this entire cartoon is all centered around her evil plans. Oh, this is totally, yeah. I'm <laughs> going to go ahead and say, this is a tool spoiler. This is why they never show her face. It's the same person. Agreed. Agreed. Roger runs in to the to the kitchen in an attempt to save uh, baby Herman. Oh, by the way, baby Herman is also climbing over the stove, turning on every single burner, just narrowly missing them. This feels very much like an Indiana Jones Titan moment as he's just narrowly missing different booby traps. It ends with Roger running in and then telling Baby Herman that'll save him from getting burned and slipping on the the uh, rolling pin. Yeah, which I, I respect that. Like even though we, we've attacked Roger this entire podcast, <laughs> I think his devotion to try to save Baby Herman, like he, I can really feel like, oh wow, he really wants to help this baby out. (laughs) This is probably her motivation, by the way, for getting Roger. She's like, I want somebody that I can say was a babysitter, but is going to be way too incompetent to save his life. 
<laughs> willing to sacrifice his own body to save to save the baby. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's been through everything. He's like he's like what a couple of knives in the kitchen. I can take it. So uh, any anything else for that minute? I would just like to say that uh, baby Herman's dump truck ass is the MVP of this minute. Like not only is it his mode of transportation from the crib all the way to the kitchen, but it's also like we're staring at the back of that ass and just wondering if it's going to catch on fire as he's crawling across the stove. Like all of the action is uh, the whole time it's on baby Herman. It's all about his butt. We're staring straight up as a butt when he's climbing up the stairs, you know, the uh, torture device uh, staircase, you know, uh, we're, we're staring at it as he crossed the stove. Like this was a hundred percent focused on that diaper. That baby, that baby is like J-Lo professional. <laughs> Like, like, you know, have you heard that like JLo was like, oh, like she she has insurance for her butt and for like her body and whatever. That's baby Herman. He's like, this is my moneymaker. <laughs> like, I cannot be like, oh, I'm stuck. My head is stuck. No, he's just like, oopsie, my butt is stuck. Oop, keep the camera on me. Keep the camera on me. Keep the camera on me. Then he just flies off into the kitchen. Yeah. Hey. In like a minute and a half of cartoon, by the way, so far. His oh, yeah. butt has come into play so often. It's come into play so often. He's like, that's, you know, you know, we talked about his confidence, right? His confidence in what he can deliver. And I think a lot of it comes from that, right? Like baby Herman is like, listen, not everybody can fill out diapers like these. Like that's, you know, he's, he's banking on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like he a hundred percent is. And the same way in the first episode, like uh, 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 Annie would mention the idea of like having someone draw the live action version of Roger Rabbit, yeah. someone has to draw like baby Herman with the dump truck. You know? yeah. <laughs> okay, it's time for the first of one of our segments. This is Hypothetical Thursday. Hypothetical Thursday, join in on the fun. Hypothetical Thursday is where we pose some sort of hypothetical question and you, yes, the listener, can answer it in our Facebook group, which is Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit Listeners? Next week, we'll read out some of our favorite answers. We'll be taking answers to the question all day, every Thursday while we're making this show. So if you're not part of the group yet, go ahead and become part of it. Again, it's Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit Listeners. So, the question for today. This very much is a detective story that could be a movie on its own. You could you could imagine a version of this movie existing without tunes, but this one does exist with cartoons in it. Uh, so my question is, what movie would you like tunes to be part of? What movie do you think would be better if it also had tunes in it? I'll throw in mine. I'm, I'm going to go with Con Air for this. I think... Con Air, yeah. you know, especially Nicolas Cage up there, um, maybe some real people, Jafar, Ursula, perhaps Elmer Fudd are all up there with him. And I think that would, um, yeah. that would lend a lot to the movie. I think that's a good, I think that's a good, uh, a good choice. Um, I think I would go with uh, American Psycho <laughs> because I think, I just, I think 
Christian Bale could play well off of a tune, you know? And I don't know what kind of tunes we go with here. I don't know if we go with darker, maybe sort of some like Ren and Stimpy type characters, mm. uh, add some additional uh, visual texture to the movie. I think I think that that would be good. I want both versions. I love it the way it is, but I'd also like to see a version, you know, where there's some really fucked up tunes in it. Yeah, yeah. I would say I would say up in the air, the traditionally oh. from about uh, <laughs> perfect. Uh, I, I I do want him to be like going through the sort sort of issues of like. Like, I want George Clooney's character to be like alone, like sad, and he's like, I don't. I think my my life is here in the in the plane, but I want the plane to be cartoony. Yes. You know what I mean, you know, yeah, I, yeah. Want the, I want the I want the I want like him to be like looking out the window, sad, and the plane go like, all right, we're gonna start <laughs> the evening now. Like I want that. that like really- like the armrests to come up and just give him a hug. <laughs> and just give him a hug, and he's just like pushing it up. In the first part of the movie, he's pushing it away. He's like, no. But then later on in the movie, he's embracing the hugs. Um, and, and you know, have you guys seen Up in the Air? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. the moment that instead of having Sam Elliott as the pilot going in and saying hi, it's as you send me Sam and he's like, oh, hello, partner. How are you doing? Hey, congratulations. And he's like, thank you. It's like, oh, where are you heading? He's like, I'm already here. Oh, and then that's, you know, that's in the movie. <laughs> Keep the music make the plan an animated cartoon for good no it's just the only difference is is that the casting director is like listen sam elliott was booked we couldn't get sam elliott we got yosemite sam instead and that's it like it's played ex- <laughs> same, yeah same thing same thing <laughs> if you tell that to the guillermo that thought that like roger rabbit was that real thing you know like it was like that i was like whoa Thank God that Yosemite Sam is still getting roles. Like, this is good. <laughs> All right. Well, that is Hypothetical Thursday. Hypothetical Thursday. Join in on the fun. Again, you can participate in Hypothetical Thursday all day, every Thursday that we're doing the show on our Facebook group, Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit Listeners. I want to thank Guillermo again for being with us. You can check out Mitchell's vs. the Machines, his movie, on Netflix. Very awesome. And I want to thank Scott Corelli and Dueling Genre for hosting us. You can check out all their podcasts on DuelingGenre.com and click on the link to support. We will be back on Friday with Minute 3 of Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit. Thank you.